Welcome to another episode of Bomber Breakdown. It's November 17th, 2020. And Malcolm, we've got some good news to start off the episode. Um, uh, Kim Ang, uh, the first female GM and Asian American GM um, in Major League Baseball history, uh, goes to the Marlins. Um, uh, Derek Jeter signs her. I just think this is such a good signing. She has over 30 years of experience really shows how baseball has been progressing. Yeah, I mean, I'm. it's really great that she's getting her opportunity. It really sucks that it took that long for her to get that opportunity because she's been on, like, lists of GM candidates since 2003. And there's so many people who have been less qualified or less deserving that have gotten opportunities over her. And it's too bad she had to wait this long, but it's great that she's finally getting this opportunity, breaking through the grass, glass ceiling. And she said, like, she wants to be an example to lots of young girls young woman who can see that that's an opportunity to be in the field of baseball and to work in baseball front offices. And that's great to see that. And hopefully she can help grow the game and be a role model for lots of young women and girls. Yeah. So um, again, congrats to her and uh, you know, maybe she can turn around the Marlins woes. Um, So now we're going to move on and uh, get into um, the MLB awards. We reviewed most of them. Um, we talked about who we thought should and would win Cy Young and MVP. Um, and we as well talked about like uh, manager of the year and rookie of the year, but uh, MLB awards, it looks like for the Cy Young and the American league, Shane Bieber, unanimous decision. Uh, how can, how can you not choose Shane Bieber? Yeah, it was a clear pick. That's what I mean. We, as Twins fans, said that it should be Shane Bieber. We wanted Maeda, but we admitted that it should be Bieber. And Maeda got second. That was what we were hoping for. He did what we expect him to do. He got 18 second place votes, four third place votes, two fourth place votes, and four fifth place votes. It really makes you wonder how four people put four of their pitchers ahead of Maeda when he was the second lowest whip ever for a pitcher in a quote unquote full season. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I think Kenta Maeda was, he was so good this season. Um, but Shane Bieber, the guy we've got to talk about, he was he was amazing. He led the majors in ERA, ERA plus, of course, um, FIP and K per nine, and strikeouts um, with 122 in 12 starts, which is, you do the math, but that is insane. And a full season, um, that's over 300 then, strikeouts, which is the elite yeah. number that's only been passed a few times. Yeah, it's it, it was amazing. It, it, I don't know. It was amazing. Um, and then we go to the NL Cy Young. And one of my favorite players and future twin, Trevor Bauer, wins. Um, how, again, how can you not choose Trevor Bauer? A .795 whip. Um, not crazy far ahead of um, – or uh, higher than Maeda's. He had a 173 RA. Best in the AL or NL, I'm sorry. Um, just he'll probably be paid um, a hefty amount, should I say, um, over this offseason. Yeah, one of the best free agent walks, walk seasons you can ask for is last season for free agency, and he won the Cy Young and totally deserved it. It was kind of surprising to me how much he ran away with it. He ended up getting 27 of the 30 first place votes with you, Darvish, and the other three, which I expect him to win, but not that convincingly. His numbers didn't seem to stand out that much, but he was the top of the pack, and the voters agreed. 
In second place was Hugh Darvish with the other three first place votes, 24 of the 30 second place votes with Bauer getting three of them. So Darvish was a clear second place, which surprised me. It's not how I would have gone, but he was very deserving. He had an incredible year. And yeah. And then third place was Jacob deGrom, the one that I thought deserved second. He, I think, had an argument with Bauer for first. Has won the last two National League Cy Youngs and just has the most electric stuff. Spike very low run support is an incredible pitcher. Yeah. Um, I the DeGrom looked like the runaway with the um, Cy Young. And then he had 10 earned runs um, in 54 innings through his first nine starts, which is obviously so good. Um, and then after his last three, he allowed eight in just 14 innings, which obviously bumped that ERA up. Um, still a great year for Jacob DeGrom and you Darvish, but Trevor Bauer, I think, has to be the clear winner. And it'll be so amazing to have the um, a first-place finisher and a runner-up for of Asylum on the same team next year. Um, so now we move on to AL MVP. And um, the winner was Jose Abreu, Abreu I'm sorry, of the um, Chicago White Sox. Uh, so the somebody in the Central wins the MVP and also wins the Cy Young. Jose Abreu had an amazing year. He um, w- led the majors in RBIs, total bases, led the AL in hits and slugging, um, and second to only Luke Voigt in home runs. He had 19. He just, man, did he mash. It seemed like every single time he came up to the plate, he just, oh, man, he was something else this year. Uh, but, um, yeah, he accepted the qualifying offer in 2019, and, definitely paid off for him and for the Chicago White Sox. Yeah. Um, they also end up signing an extension with him after that point, and Abreu's going to be with the White Sox a while, and that's looking good for them, that deal. He totally deserved this. I mean, I thought Ramirez should have won it, but to, for Abreu to win it, I can't argue with that. He's been a great player for a long time in the major leagues, really since he came in out of, Q, out of the Cuban League when he was younger. He's been dominant every year and just – Finally had his best year, his best 60 games a short season. Totally deserved this. If you watch him play against the Twins, like, they just couldn't get him out. They would make good pitches, and the outs were just really tough to come by with Jose Abreu. Jose Ramirez, too, another guy the Twins played against a lot in Cleveland. Got second place, eight of the first place votes. And, again, he put them on his back those last few weeks to carry them into the playoffs. It looked like they were going to miss the playoffs for a while, but he really just took over and – it looked like Abreu was running away with the MVP for a while, and Ramirez really closed the gap, though he couldn't end up coming with the award. And in third place, DJ LeMay, who we're actually going to touch on a little bit later um, because he's in our free agents to look at. In sixth, the Twins that got votes, Nelson Cruz ended up finishing in sixth place, got one third-place vote, six fifth-place votes, six sixth-place votes, seven seventh-place votes, eight eighth-place votes, and one ninth-place vote. And sixth in the MVP is really impressive for a 39-year-old, finishing just behind Mike Trout, and ahead of Tim and Anderson DH. as a DH. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible, and he just keeps doing it. I'll let you touch on him in a second, Max, but two other twins got votes. One of them was Byron Buxton, who got ninth, and one ninth place vote. He ended up finishing, like, I don't know, 15th, I would estimate. I can't count that quick. But yeah. uh, he, I think, deserved this. He had a shortened season, but in that shortened season, he – was so valuable both on offense and defense. He mashed the ball and caught everything there was to catch, it seemed like. And then getting one tenth place vote for the second year in a row, Eddie Rosario. 
finished tied for 18th in the MVP voting. And that's, oh man, I don't get how people keep giving Eddie Rosario MVP votes. It's the second year in a row. And I love Eddie Rosario. Don't get me wrong. He's a fun player to watch, but I don't think he's as good as people think. Like I enjoy watching him play, but I don't think he's an MVP candidate. I think there were three or four other guys the Twins would vote for him. I would, I think Maeda is way more deserving of an MVP vote than Eddie Rosario. I think that Max Kepler is more deserving than Eddie Rosario. I think that Miguel Sano is more deserving than Eddie Rosario. And yeah, it's just kind of crazy to me that he got those votes. I would not have voted for him, but I'm happy for him because he works hard and he's a good guy. And yeah. Yeah. I, not, not much for me to say. You kind of summed it up pretty well there with, um, I just think to think that Eddie Rosario is a top 10 player in the AL last year. It's just crazy. Um, and like we were saying before we started recording, just the fact that like you kind of go off of, Oh yeah, this team is very good. Of course. Um, and a very good hitting team, not this year, but still we're just thought of as, you know, bomb squad all and all that. But, um, he leads the team in RBIs and it just takes that and you give him a 10th place vote. Um, none of these, uh, none of these voters are actually taking into a, if any of them watched an ounce of him playing, if they actually watched him as much as we do, they would understand that he's not even, he shouldn't get any votes. I don't get how you think that Eddie Rosario had a better 2020 season than Kenta Maeda. He's a highlight um, real player. That's yeah. the thing about Eddie Rosario is you look at the throws on the video, you look at the clutch home runs, you see the big moments, and you can just see that, and you see the leading the team in RBI is one of the top 10 in the league in RBIs, and you think, oh, this guy's a good player. But if you actually watch my day-to-day basis, the fly balls that fall in left field that really shouldn't, the just poor decisions with his throws, the just swinging at a terrible pitch and grounding out weakly to end the rally, just – it's too hard to overlook when you see him every day, but it's easy to overlook when all you see are the highlights. That's why more people need to pay attention to the twins. They sleep in on us. Yeah. I think um, the twins have like some electric players like Eddie Rosario, but I think overall we're, we're, we're an underrated team. Like I, I there was like 2021 predictions and people had like the athletics finishing above the twins. The athletics are a good team, but they had really good seasons from a lot of players I know they had injuries to like Chapman and Simeon or not Simeon, but Ch- Simeon didn't have as good a year as they would have hoped. But I think the fact that the twins had such a setback, it was just such a not, it was such an anticlimactic year for the twins or that's just me. But um, I, I just think the fact that you can have the athletics finishing ahead of, ahead of the twins just means you, I don't know, maybe that's just my biased opinion, but yeah, I saw an um, MLB. They yeah. made their way too early division predictions. That's what they called them, not me. But they had the White yeah. Sox winning the AL Central, which the White Sox are an up-and-coming team. But I just oh. don't think they're going to be that good again. They got – I mean, Abreu and Tim Anderson both turned into MVP seasons in a short season, but I don't think they could keep it up for 162 games. And their pitching was just clearly lacking. You saw down the stretch they collapsed. It's because Lucas Giolito and Dallas Keuchel were two starting pitchers, but they didn't have a 3-4-5 that were good enough to compete at this level that the Twins are playing at. And their bullpen was just not there either. They had – some good young arms. We saw their Garrett Crochet, they called up a fireballing young reliever. But overall, they just didn't have the pitching depth. And really, I just don't think some of their guys can repeat those seasons. When the Twins had a down year and the White Sox had a lot of players have good years, 
and the fact that they the Twins still beat the White Sox, I just don't see them competing with us. That I don't see them winning the division next year. I still think the Twins are going to come out with it for sure, and I'm surprised that people are predicting that. Yeah, so am I. I I think it's it's crazy. You look at Ronaldo Lopez, right? He's a 26 year old. He's um, how long has he signed for? Um, a few more years. A few, yeah, okay. So a few a few more years. Um, the fact that like we we saw him firsthand, the struggles he had this year. He struggled with injuries, but more more importantly, just the fact that he could not he could not stay in the game. He just he would get three innings. He would look like the best pitcher in baseball. Fourth inning would come and he would just fall apart. Uh, I for that to be one of your five starters is not. They have the White Sox. Was it like third? I think. Yeah, maybe I don't. I can't remember if this is like an official like MLB type deal, but um, they were like it was. I think Dodgers, Yankees, White Sox were the third pick for the World Series. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I just think it's the stupidest thing. But um, anyways, I think we should probably move on to um, NL MVP. We kind of uh, got off track there a little bit with AL MVP, but the NL MVP deservingly now it is the N. V or the MV free Freddie Freeman of the Atlanta Braves has finally won an MVP after so long of just being so good. Oh man, what a season! He was so good, he's been so good. He finally gets it, just finally pays off. Yeah, I think he's gonna be a Hall of Famer someday. He's had a great career, and he's not as old as people think. He had a crazy before the year he got COVID and was in the hospital, and he had it real bad. He was like had to get on a ventilator, I think, for a while. I don't know if it was that bad, but he was in a real bad place. And he ended up surviving and came back to have the best season of anyone, and at least nationally, I think, in all of baseball, he had the best year this year. Mookie best finished second. He's an MVP caliber player. Didn't have his best year and was still second. Got two of the first-place votes. Freeman got 20 of the first-place votes. Kind of ran away with it there. And then in third place was Manny Machado, who I think that was way over – that was too high for Machado, but he did have a good year for an exciting Padres team. I don't know. What do you think, Max? Yeah, I think um, uh, Freeman first, bet second is just about what I would expect. That's what should happen. Um, Freddie Freeman is was the best player in baseball this year. Um, that's just me, but I just think to hit 341 in 60 games – I know it's 60 games, but he played all 60 of them after such a crazy, like, beginning of the season. Think of how that throws off your focus. It's not even like you didn't have any – like, you know, because we were talking about how pitchers and hitters have to warm up for, like, 10, 15 games for, like, their spring training, and then it counts as, like, now they should be locked in. Yeah. Freddie Freeman had that, and he was severely sick. And to hit 341 – that just that slash line, he was he was amazing this year. Um, just such a deserving candidate. And then Mookie Betts, um, very respectable year again. First year with the Dodgers, massive. It's what twelve year contract, sixteen homers in fifty five games. Just oh man, he was good. And Machado, I think, had an amazing year. Hit three hundred four, sixteen home runs in sixty games. Um, silver Slugger, but I. I was kind of surprised at how high he ranked, you know, I guess he's like, it just, um, and his, I guess his defense definitely showed up, but I not the defensive player he used to be. And 
I think there were definitely other deserving candidates, but I'm not, I'm definitely not against that choice. Yeah. Um, so one more name I really want to touch on someone very deserving of vote was Ryan Tapera Cubs middle reliever had like a 3.9 ERA this year across 17 and third innings, got a 10th place MVP vote. And the story behind it was that the writer was accidentally, he was trying to click on Trey Turner on the drop down menu. He accidentally clicked on Ryan Tapera because only a few names apart, which I don't know how much I believe that, but no, nah, I do think it's true. It's, Still just a cool moment for Tapera because he's a middle reliever who has worked his entire life to get to this point. And sure, it wasn't intentional, but he got an MVP vote, which is something that 99% of baseball players can't say. So that's cool for him. Yeah, he didn't, he hasn't really played many full seasons. He, like in 2015, was his first year in the big, in the bigs. He was 27 he was in 32 games um didn't and but he's had not a bad career you know but i just um it's so fun to see you know you look through his like stat line and stuff and you look at awards and you see mvp 18th and i just i just such a cool moment for him you know just because it's like that's plastered on your like resume you know i got 18th in the mvp that's something you can hold with forever he can say that to anyone he meets he's like I was 18th MVP voting one year, and that's just a cool yeah. thing that he can have with him for the rest of his life. And as a reliever, yeah, that's which is like crazy amazing. Reason. That never happens. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're gonna move on now to um, the 2020 Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. I'm sorry, um, ballot. The Twins have three players um, that have joined. Uh, you want to talk about that, Malcolm? Yeah. Three new Twins players in the ballot. We had LaTroy Hawkins, Torrey Hunter, and Michael Kadire. All guys that played for a while with the Twins, but weren't entirely with the Twins. And I don't think any of them are going to end up making the Hall of Fame. But I do think that it's cool to ha- for the Twins to have three guys coming out in one year. And I think that Torrey Hunter is someone who really deserves some consideration. He's not going to get elected. But he ended up having 50.7 career war was an above-average hitter, and ended up in the middle of his career winning nine straight gold gloves, which is an incredible streak. Very few people have had a streak that long. Um, and, yeah, so he's the only one that I think has a legitimate shot. It's just cool. Kadair and Latroy both played long-time with the Twins and seemingly good guys. It's just a cool thing for the Twins. Um, okay, so I think that's going to take us to our first break. Um, we'll be back after this short message. Nice. I feel like that was pretty smooth. Yeah, I agree. All right. Welcome back. Um, this is the second segment of Bomba Breakdown. Um, so now we're going to talk about some other free agent names out there, um, ones that we could potentially pick up. Um, and yeah, let's just get right into it. Yeah, today we're going to focus on middle infielders mainly, guys that can play multiple infield positions because the Twins we've seen over the last year and really the last couple of years have really struggled with infield injuries around the infield. Luis Arias has had constant knee and ankle problems. Jorge Polanco has played through it, but he's had ankle surgery at the end of both the last two seasons. Josh Donaldson has had a career of cap issues and missed three quarters this season with them. And Miguel Sano just is a big guy, and he's had injury problems in the minors, was surprisingly healthy this year, but you can't count on that from him because he's had problems with that in the past. So all around the infield, it's good to have depth. And this past year, that was provided by Marlon Gonzalez and Aria Adranza, who We'll touch on a little bit at the end, maybe, but they aren't going to be the main guys to focus on here. We need someone to fill that role, with both of them being free agents. And we're just going to go through a few names here, talk with them a little bit, and whether we think the Twins should get them. 
First name I'm going to be Max is Angelton Simmons. Angelton Simmons is a shortstop. He has been for the Angels. He was with the Braves before that. Meant, considered by almost all to be the best shortstop of the current generation. Maybe not defensively, I should say. Uh, maybe not anymore the best, but among the top three or four, definitely, as a defensive shortstop. And he's about an average hitter, but when you get that kind of defense, and he can play third base or second base, and when you have that kind of talent as a fielder, it can go pretty much anywhere in the infield. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of Luis Arias, to be honest with you. Um, like this year, he batted two ninety seven, um, with a with a OPS plus of ninety five. So he gets on base all he gets on base a lot, um, walks a fair amount. But I think just the amazing part is his glove. It has slowed down a little bit, but I think he's still one of the elite gloves in the game. Won four gold gloves. He's won a platinum glove. Um, I just think um, I, if if I were personally choosing, I would not pick up Anderson Simmons. I know I'm not sure what your take is on this, but I just think he's getting a lot older, and he, um, I think hasn't he struggled from injury a little bit? Yeah, he's, he's had injury through. problems. He played 103 games last year, only 30 of the 60 games this year, so not been super healthy. But before yeah. that, he was generally so, healthy. Yeah. yeah, and so he's not like a super – yeah, but I just think if we're um, if we're looking at a guy like Anderson Simmons who's getting up there in age, we have to expect that there might be more injury problems. His offense will keep declining. His defense might keep declining as well. Um, who knows? But I just – I wouldn't personally get Anderson Simmons. Yeah, I'm going to say maybe on him. I'm not going to give him a yes or a no. I feel like he's definitely not my number one choice. There's a few other names as I said, rather we get. But I feel like he's not a bad fallback option. That just being good defensively is super valuable to have. Um, and he can just hit well enough to stay in the lineup, bat ninth in a team that's got a lot of big hitters. I will take that. It's not going to, like I said, not my first choice. But I feel like he's going to come pretty cheap, having struggled with injuries and not being – a great hitter when there's a lot of, especially next year's shortstop class is going to be crazy deep. There's so many good shortstops that are going to be coming up next year. Physical indoor, Corey Seager. I think there's a few others I can't think of right now, but a lot of teams aren't necessarily going to be looking for shortstops right now, but just as a one or two year deal, just to provide us some depth. And the good thing about, uh, I mean, it's not necessarily a good thing about Simmons, but you don't feel pressure to play him on opening day. You can still play your opening four and just have him there to come in whenever you need. He's not going to be someone that, like, he bumps Polanco or rise out of a spot. He's going to just play when they need him to and be ready to go in that. He's a good veteran, played, been around for a while, and he's still only 31. So I won't say yes because there's better options, but I won't say no either. I'm still interested. Uh, yeah, I think that's definitely a fair, fair pick. Um, and just one, one more thing to touch on. Um, he's, again, reminds me so much of Luis Arias. Um but, like, again, Jorge Polanco hasn't been known for his injuries, but they've definitely been there, and that's the same with Anderson Simmons. So if you're going to get a guy like Anderson Simmons, you have to think, um, is he going to – even even in, like, a backup role for a guy like Jorge Polanco, we're, we're betting that Jorge Polanco, in the case that he gets injured, Anderson Simmons, make sure you know this, he is taking up a roster spot he's not insanely speedy. What if he, what if he isn't used? What if Polanco stays healthy, has a monster year, where are we going to put Andrews and Simmons? And I'm going to touch on other players. I think we should put around like second base and third base. 
but I just think Enroth and Simmons just it doesn't make sense to get a guy like that. Yeah. All right. That's I mean, we can agree to disagree there. It's either way, he's someone that you wouldn't would you be mad if we got him, or is it just you wouldn't be someone you'd choose to get? No, no, I wouldn't be mad if we got him. I, I love Andros and Sims. I wouldn't be mad by any means, but I just not not my top choice. So we're not that far off. We just yeah, not our yeah. top choice. I'm a little higher on him than Max is, but not by much. All right, the next name is Marcus Semyon. Semyon's a really interesting player because a couple of years, 2019, he pretty much led all of baseball in war. Was He played in all 162 games, bad 285, 369, 522, or 139 OPS plus, really good defense at shortstop, was third in the MVP voting. But other than that, he's been a below average hitter for his whole career. Good defensive shortstop, but again, doesn't really hit much except for that one year. I won, and I think that might have, Many. It really looks like a fluke if you look at his career numbers. I mean, OPS Plus, you look through them, 93, 98, 99, 97, 95, 139, and then back to 91. Like, he clearly had a pattern going, and I don't know what happened. There may have been – he found something there that can be rediscovered, or it might have just been luck. Not really sure, but what do you see on that? Is it worth taking a shot on, or is he not something you're interested in, Max? I think that he's overrated. I mean, this is in the – least offensive way i like marcus simeon don't get me wrong um but um a guy who has struggled his entire career again he's not crazy old but um he's been a, of course a below average hitter not the greatest at defense but i mean definitely not bad but i def- he's definitely not valued for his offense um, for him to come out in 19, play all 162 games, have the most played appearances and games played in the league, gets third in MVP voting, which I think was still a little bit high, but I mean, you know, that's just me. Um, OPS plus of 139 is definitely not something um, to be taken lightly. I think it's, it's definitely a great season, but I don't think he's a guy where if we're going to go for a championship here, you can't be – you can't have a guy again. See, we see twenty twenty, um, played played in fifty three games, which isn't like a crazy low amount of games. Um, went back down to two twenty three, and and people are saying, yeah, he just had a down year. It's like, so hasn't he been having down years his entire career then? Because like, when when are we going to see another up year like twenty nineteen? And you can't have a championship team with a player like this. Yeah, that's just me. I, I think that – I mean, I think you can have a championship team with him on the team, but it's just requiring yeah, yeah. too much out of the other guys. And if yeah, you look at 2019, yeah. he was 28 then. That's when hitters peaked 27, 28, 29. And so he peaked in, when he was 28, and I just – I don't think that's going to be replicable. I think maybe he could get up to like a 110, 115 OPS plus again. But even that is not that far above average. That's not as good as any of the Twins starting infielders if they're healthy. And obviously this is – we're hoping they're healthy and he's just there as a backup – I also think his asking price is going to be a little high because of that MVP award. He's going to be looking for a little bit more money because people, I mean, they saw him do that a few years ago and people are going to say, oh, he won MVP a couple years ago. I mean, I'm not saying baseball GMs are dumb where they're just going to be like, oh, he won MVP. He was almost an MVP. He was third. We should sign him. But like, I think that's going to make him a little bit more expensive and more expensive than you'd want for backup option. There are a few teams this, this offseason that need shortstops. And he's one of the few guys we've talked about here who's a primary shortstop. Played a little bit of second, third base during his career. But I think Simmons and Semyon are the only two guys that are, like, I would list as shortstops. The rest of them are guys that play other positions that can play shortstop. But played a little bit yeah. of second, third base during his career. I'm going to say no on Semyon. 
What do you think, Max? Yeah, um, kind of like I said before, just um, I don't think Simeon would be um, the greatest choice again. Not saying I would be terribly mad if we got a guy like Simeon. Just don't think um, he's really what we need. And before you um, name the next player, I just want to say we do realize Marlon Gonzalez is a free agent too. Um, we didn't, we haven't really mentioned him much, and he's probably like one of the like um, uh, you know more valued players because it was like his glove, of course. Um, but I think this would be an asinine signing for the Twins, to say the least. An OPS plus of 68 and a negative one war, negative point one war. Um, no matter how many games you've played or um, no matter how short a season is definitely just um, – I don't even have a word for it. It's just not a good season. Yeah, you know? we're, if we're talking about Marwin, I'm just going to say, I think that Marwin is the, my last choice. And that's like if we don't get any of these guys here and it's March and Marwin hasn't signed – I think we all sign Marwin because we need someone who can capably play third and second base. But even then, I'd rather see Travis Blankenhorn there getting development because he can play a second and third base, and he's young and he's got more potential than Marwin. So really, I don't see any scenario where I'd want to signing Marwin. And really, same with Aria Adrianza. I'd be a little higher on Adrianza just because he's faster, he's better as a pinch runner. I feel like he's got a little bit more ceiling than Marwin does, but I don't really feel like it's that much higher. Where I'd be completely out on both of them coming back to the Twins. Yeah, definitely. All right, the next name I'm going to give you is Kike Hernandez. He is primarily listed as a second baseman, but can really play anywhere on the diamond. Played for the Dodgers the last few years, just won a World Series. Again, not a great hitter, about, really about league average his whole career, but good defensively and really more than any of the other guys we've talked about, plays every position. This past year he played second base, right field, left field, center field, first base, and shortstop, and really could have played third base except that Justin Turner was there every game for the Dodgers. So he's, he plays every day just in different roles. Having that also outfield ability is good for the Twins. I don't know. He's not a great hitter, but he is a righty, so he could fill in the corner outfield spots. The Twins who have lefty corner outfielders, he can play all around the infield. There's some value. What do you think, Max? Um, this is so tough for me. Um, it's, I like how on baseball references is outfielder, second baseman, and pinch hitter. Um, but but yeah, it's just I don't know. He's a good player. Obviously had a good, had a pretty good season with the Dodgers, had a really good um, playoffs with the Dodgers, really good world series. Love Kika Hernandez. Um, uh, but I, it's, it's really hard for me to tell, but I don't think he'd be the greatest signing. He'd he provides a pretty good amount of value. Um, but again, I, and again, I misspoke before. I don't think we can't have a guy like him. To have a World Series team, I just don't think we should have a guy like him um, to have a World Series team. I, I, I'm not saying um, one guy like that is going to – but if we're going to, like, fill up all of these free agent spots that we've lost with players like Kike Hernandez, it's really going to hurt our odds. And I think we should um, – so I'm now on Kike Hernandez. I'd say even a guy like Marcus Simeon or Andrelton Simmons might be a little bit more valuable. Um Kike is a little bit younger, but I don't think we'd be signing to him, signing him for very long. So um, I'm a no for Kike, but um, I'm a little bit more in the middle. Yeah, I'm actually – I'm going to be a yes on Kike. He, again, not my first choice. I'd say he's out of these guys here. I would put him third on my personal list. I think that – well, he hasn't been a great hitter. The ability to play every spot, not just infield, but also outfield, which the Twins have plenty of outfield depth, but just having another guy that can do that – it's great. You can move guys around a little bit. 
He's good at all the positions. Um, more capable of shortstop than the next few guys we'll discuss who are more second basemen. Just good with the glove everywhere. He brings a ton of energy to the team, really fun to watch. So I'd, this is a little personal, just would like enjoy watching him play every day. But just his versatility, his willingness to do anything the manager asks of him is fun, and I would be in on him. All right, next name, same last name, not related, Cesar Hernandez. We saw him a little bit this past year. He played for Cleveland, was mostly their second baseman, but can play, again, really any infield position. He's basically been a second baseman for the most part, but played some third base shortstop when he was younger. The downside is really that he's hasn't played much other than second base in the previous past few years, but we know he can play those other positions. And yeah, he's a good hitter career, um, career, just 98 OPS plus, but he had a one Oh six OPS plus this past year, 283, 355, 408. Really. I would say similar to Kike Hernandez overall with a little bit less versatility. Uh, yeah, I don't know the versatility, like you said, um, definitely, um, a lot lower than Kike's. Uh, doesn't play very many positions, but um, you know he's got a gold glove under his belt um, in 2020. So um, definitely like recent, not just a fluke year. Could be, but I, 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 I he's always been a good defender. Um, uh, better hitter than Kike. Um, doesn't hit a crazy amount of homers. Hits for a pretty good average. Um, gets on base a lot. I'm, I'm in the middle for. Cesar Hernandez, um, uh, he's 30 uh, from the Indians, uh, had a good season, of course, um, not a shot at him, one of the better uh, Indians players now that I look at it, but uh, offensively, but so I, I, they could sign him again, but I, I've kind of been running out of players to say yes to sign, so I'm going to, I'm actually going to lean yes on Cesar Hernandez, um, a little bit more in the middle, but just, I don't know. He's def- he's always been a player who's, I mean, Kike has been a good player. Um, Simeon and Simmons have always been like major league caliber players, but Cesar Hernandez, I think recently has had a little bit stronger of a career. Yeah. I'm going to say no on him mainly because he's just a little bit older than those other guys we talked about slightly less versatile having played less of the other and field positions. And again, with Simmons and Semyon, they haven't played as much second base or third base, but it's way easier to shift from shortstop to one of those positions than from one of those positions with shortstop. And so I just feel like Hernandez is a little bit more limited defensively. He's a switch hitter, which is nice. He's able to just sort of balance out the lineup a little bit between lefties and righties, but I just don't see him as someone I would want the Twins to sign. He's It's not a worst-case scenario if they do, but I just feel like out of the guys we've named so far, he's behind Kike Hernandez and Andelton Simmons in my opinion. Next one I'm going to give you in, um, is Tommy LaStella. He's a versatile guy, primarily second baseman, I would say. Positions on baseball references is second baseman, pinch hitter, and third baseman. But the best hitter we've said so far, career 104 OPS plus, but a 127 OPS plus this year. Admittedly short in season, but 281, 374, 49. Good on base guy. He's really similar here to Arise, a little bit more power. Mostly second base, like I said. Played for Los Angeles and Oakland this past year. Was traded midseason. What do you think on him, Max? Um, I think he's my number one for um uh, of, of the people we've listed so far. 
there's no way he can't be, in my opinion. I think with an OPS like that, he's definitely an underrated player. Um, you know, you don't hear all this like Tommy LaSalle is definitely a top name in baseball. But I think he's definitely an underrated player in baseball. He's um, getting into his age 32 season, definitely getting up there. Um, but he's been hitting better than ever. He's been fielding pretty well. Um, I, I don't see why you wouldn't get a guy like Tommy Lasella. I he could he could compete with Luis Arias for a starting position, depending on how Luis Arias does. If Luis if Luis Arias does as Luis Arias does, um, and just hits for like three seventy average, you know, um, he's definitely in the hitting the the starting role because we need a guy like Arise. Um, but La Stella definitely would not be far behind, again, depending on how Luis Arise does. Yeah, La Stella, I'd say the one downside is, again, he can't really play shortstop. He's a little bit older. He's almost 32. He's going to be 32 next season. So getting up there a little bit, he's someone that, though, at 32, you could still sign to a one- or two-year deal. He's really finding himself as a hitter these last few years, 118 OPS plus the year before, and then 127 this year. Like, starting to just seems to be more confident at the plate, finding a little bit more of his stroke. He's a better hitter than any of the guys listed so far, but I'm still just maybe on him because he's older, because he just is slightly less versatile again. Um, again, at the end, I think we'll go through and say the order of we'd rank these guys of which, who we most want to get to least want to get, but I'd say he's a maybe right around the spot ahead of Andrelton Simmons at. And the last name I think is the one that me and Max are both most excited about a pretty clear number one, but a, a tough signing. He's going to be more expensive. DJ LeMayhew has, he finished um, third in the MVP in this year. He was fourth last year, won the last two silver sluggers, won a couple of gold gloves, two batting titles in his career, career um, 102 OPS plus, but that was, um, he's had 135 last year and a 177 this year. So just great hitter, mostly played second base, but again, can play all around the diamond. He has played third base and first base the last few years. Played a tiny bit shortstop when he was younger. Uh, yeah. What do you think on DJ LeMahieu, Max? He's he's insane. A 421 on-base percentage this year. He's getting on base almost half the time. That is just – you never see that anymore. Um, he'd be such a good guy to have on the team. Um, definitely a, a tall second baseman, um, big guy. He can play around a little bit too. He's played. He's played a little bit of third and first base in case Sano or um, Donaldson need a break. But here is the hot take of the episode. I'm a no on DJ Lemayo. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Before you say anything, if we get DJ Lemayo, it means we have not gotten Trevor Bauer. And I know. I know we're probably not going to get Bauer anyways, which is why. In reality, I'm 100% a yes on DJ LeMay. But if we're talking like, I just want Trevor Bauer more than anything right now. Um, you know, for him to be in a Twins uniform would just be the coolest thing. Um, it would mean that, we, you know, you can't get DJ LeMay and Trevor Bauer. But I think um, if we're taking Trevor Bauer out of the picture, he is a yes. Um, again, the Twins are going to – we forgot to mention this earlier, but the Twins have uh, – rivaled executives have noted that the Twins are going to have a very uh, – are worried that the Twins are going to have a very aggressive offseason. And the Twins said that their payroll is not going to differ from last year, considering 
the payroll or the revenue loss um, due to COVID. Um, that's a big shocker. And an OPS um, of 1.011, OPS plus of 177, um, just, you know, 10 homers. So he has pop. Uh, he Three-time gold gloves, so he can field. Um, he's been such a good fielder. He's played in the playoffs, of course. Um, he's pretty good in the playoffs. I, in my opinion, he'd be. I mean, he's he's uh, uh, far and away like the best player we've listed, and is definitely a yes in my opinion. It's just kind of like tinted with the fact that um, Trevor Bauer would not be picked up as well. Yeah, I'm definitely a yes on DJ LeMayhew. He's a great defensive second baseman, and again, can also play first base and third base very well. Um, and then he can hit the ball to all fields, has developed some power the last few years. A good guy, and another plus, we'd be stealing him from the Yankees where he's been the last few years, and they're hoping to re-sign him. So to take away someone this talented from the Yankees would be a great revenge because of how many great players they've taken from us. And, yeah, I mean, it would mean that the Twins aren't signing Bauer because we aren't going to go out and sign two of the top flight free agents this year. But to sign DJ LeMahieu to a three- or four-year deal, I think right now would really just, like, really – help keep our competitive window open for those years and i just see it as a great signing for us he can again fill in yeah. at any of those positions i think he it makes him the starting second baseman if he shows up he's definitely not someone you're putting on the bench which would mean a rise he's on the bench or you'd move someone else around and put them on the bench but i think that having that depth a rise would definitely still play at some point during the year it wouldn't rule him out completely and just he's such a good hitter you gotta have him if you can get him and i think I haven't heard anything about the Twins being connected to him. No one has said the Twins should sign him because everyone keeps looking at these utility guys and see him as just, like, second base and first base. But, like, I just – I don't know. I think he's a great signing because Polanco is actually, despite the fact that we've been saying he's been slightly injured, and he, there is a risk of injury, but he's played through it and he's been able to play in 150 games last year and then 50-plus games this year. So he's the guy I'm least worried about replacing among those four infielders. And that's the position LeMay he wouldn't be able to fill. But, yeah, just such – I keep saying it, but he's such a great hitter last few years. It, I can't – I think we have to sign him if the opportunity is there. I would rather get him than Bauer, which I know you don't agree with, Max. But just – I feel like the Twins' five rotation guys right now – Bauer – or not Bauer. Maeda, Barrios, um, Pineda, Dobnak, it, or those four, I think, are – Potentially Duran. Good, and then you could fill up with John Duran would make a great five. And then also, I just feel like Jake Odorizzi is someone that people felt said is going to probably not end up with that big of a deal. I think if we can get Jake Odorizzi for cheap, I would love to re-sign Odorizzi, put him back in the rotation. We talked about some other guys last week that we feel like would be good. I feel like would be good to fill in in that number four spot. But if you have Maeda, Brios, Pineda, one, two, three, that's a good top three. I don't feel like we need anyone else to add to that, or I'd rather – get a hitter like DJ LeMahieu when our lineup struggled, especially in the playoffs last year. He's someone who's been there in the playoffs before. That would be my choice. But again, it's going to be a lot. I don't know if the Twins are willing to invest that much. I would love to see them try. Um, Max, do you want to have any final thoughts or any other names you want to throw in before we end this up? Um, yes. So, uh, so we're not going to have a quiz for this week. Um, it's a lot of work on Instagram and also not enough time, but we took a Sporkle um, quiz uh and it's on – you can just look up uh, Twins 2020 roster quiz, and it will show up probably the first thing there. And um, it gives you – there's 44 players total, 
and it gives you um, the position and how many games they played, and you have to guess the player. Um, you have nine minutes, I think it is, um, and there are some surprises on there. Not going to give any hints, of course, but I definitely suggest you take that um, and try to beat our scores. I got a, we both got forty twos out of forty fours, um, and it kind of surprised surprised me of some of the players that are on there. So definitely an interesting quiz. Yeah, I having watched all the games this year, expected myself to get a perfect score, and I didn't, which disappointed me. And Max neither is interesting. We both missed different players who would have worked together on it. We could have actually gotten them all. But, uh, yeah, I encourage you to try that. If you can beat our scores, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast if you um, take a screenshot and send us proof. Um, and, yeah, uh, I think that will wrap it up for today. Um, a couple of the names I want to add. Colton Wong was cut by the Cardinals this year. He's a really good defensive second baseman. I wouldn't see assigning him, but he's someone that – is incredible defensively at second base and a decent hitter. Could be an option. And then I'm just looking if there's any other names we want to talk about. We didn't really talk about Adrianza. I guess I mentioned a little bit. If we sign someone like LeMayhew, one of the guys that can't really play shortstop, I would totally be in on getting bringing Adrianza back just as, like, pinch runner can play a little bit of shortstop, tiny bit of third base, not playing a ton, but just have him there just in case. Otherwise, I'm kind of out on him. And then, Max, I think we want to give final – if we were going to rank these guys, these six guys we talked about, not counting Marwin or Adrianza, how would you rank them of co- in order of most want to get to least want to get? Um, oh, man. Uh, kind of tough to tell. But, okay, so I'm going to – so most to least, I'm going to go to start out um, with uh, – I'm going to go with, okay, sorry. <laughs> DJ LeMay first, definitely. Um, then Tommy LaStella. Uh, it's kind of hard to, kind of hard to say, but I'm going to go with Kike Hernandez. I just love the guy. And then probably Cesar Hernandez. And then, or no, Anderson Simmons, Cesar Hernandez, Marcus Simeon. Kind of a surprising list. I'm going a lot based off of who I've grown to love, like, Marcus Simeon watching his like crazy, crazy, crazy plays is just insane. Yeah, my list is going to end up being fairly similar to yours. I've also got DJ LeMahieu one. And I think I'm going to go with um, Kike Hernandez two, then Tommy LaStella three, uh, Andrelton Simmons four, Cesar Hernandez five, Marcus Simeon six. It sounds like we're both pretty out on Simeon. But again, if we get any of those guys, I feel like it's good. If we get some of the guys lower down that list, though, I expect us to also go out and get. Either Trevor Bauer, another one of the top play starting pitchers, or and definitely then go re sign Nelson Cruz. That's the other downside of Mayhew that we didn't really talk about is it potentially takes us out of the Cruz sweepstakes. It doesn't necessarily eliminate us, but it lowers chances of getting Cruz a lot. So that's the other downside there. I still think we could get him, and I would love to see us do both. That's the one downside there. But you can also say that then we'd still have plenty of good hitters with LeMayhew instead of Cruz. Um, but yeah. I feel like if we get any of those guys, I'll be okay, but we got to get something else if it's not LeMayhew. We got to add some other pieces. I think that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for some Bomber Breakdown. Remember, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or where else you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram at Bomba underscore Breakdown. That's B-O-M-B-A underscore B-R-E-A-K-D-O-W-N. Thanks to Mace Olsen for the theme song.